In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. Jumping Jehoshaphat, y'all. We're back again for another week of fun, excitement, and thrilling, thrilling storytelling. Blip, blip, blip. And I'm not trying to insult our Southern folk because I'm kind of sort of from the South-ish. So no offense. And it's not like you didn't know who I was anyway. Um, since you know who I am, you know who that guy is. Hey, Jack. Hey. <laughs> well, you know, that's the advantage of being Gen X. We make fun of everybody equally. True. And we do understand the difference between making fun and just straight insulting people. But it's a fine line. Yeah. It is a fine line. But as Gen X, we cross it, I think, fairly well. I think we're going to insult some people on today's episode. I'm fairly sure of it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 probably, yeah. So now we Uh, said that, listening friends, I'm sure you are waiting with bated breath. (laughs) That's right. We are going to talk about the best recipe for homemade making homemade jam. Would that be grape, blackberry, peach? What? I have no idea. I've never made homemade jam. (laughs) Fantastic. I don't even eat jam. I eat jelly. Um, (laughs) Well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Matter of fact, I just had grape jelly for the first time in years the other day. So that was an experience. I forgot. I forgot how lovely that is. Um, Listening friends, as we said at the top, literally 37 seconds ago, we're glad you're back with us again for another episode. That we are. That we are. And because you're here listening with us, that means you made it through and we were we are equally grateful for that. So hooray. Yep. We hope you enjoyed Pop Culture April. Yes, indeed. And today we're moving on to slightly not pop culture, just shitty culture, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> or just a uh, or aka the regular old shit. We're back in it. Um <laughs> What can we do? We live here. Right. Yeah. 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 We've sometimes just got to confront the the yuck. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to go ahead and put a little speed on the train and chug, chug, chug right along to our first stop, which is our weekly WTFs. Yes. These are going to be beautiful. I'm assuming. And by beautiful, I mean not beautiful in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Correct. So have at it, sir. All righty. I had something else that I was going to go with. And as I was waiting to start this little low recording, I was searching on Facebook. And then this little tidbit came up. And as somebody from Oklahoma, I had to immediately change my WTF to this. 
And I would just like to say before we start, as an employee of the state of Oklahoma, that this is my opinion only. It has nothing to do with the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the State Historic Preservation Office of Oklahoma. That being said, our governor, a, <laughs> our governor is a poop shoot. Elaborate. According to the Oklahoman, today, Governor Kevin Stitt vetoes the OETA renewal. And if you don't know what OETA is, that's Oklahoma's PBS, Public Broadcasting Channel. He has vetoed it, questioning the, pub, the public broadcaster's long-term value. And if it does so, blah, blah, blah. Basically, he's not going to keep funding, even though I think over half of it is actually funded through donations with PBS. Uh, but if... Uh, the state legislature does not override his veto. PBS in Oklahoma will go away on July 1st. So that means some of the, you know, hallmarks, Sesame Street, I don't know, Reading Rainbow, you know, all of those. Nova, that's the one I watch, actually. Oh, is Nova. yeah, Nova. I forgot about that. PBS NewsHour. All of that stuff in the state of Oklahoma will be going bye-bye. I I venture, and, and let me know if I'm off base, I feel like your governor Fifth is trying to be a little like DeSantos light in trying to exercise utter and total control over his citizens. No? Um, I mean, that is a very Kevin Stitt thing. I think he really fashions himself as more of a uh, Donald Trump light. Because his first campaign in 2018 was more Trumpian, you know, oh, hey, I'm the businessman, just like Donald Trump. And, you know, he um, he owns a uh, mortgage company here in Oklahoma. Interesting. But it's also in multiple states um, throughout the country, except for it is no longer welcome in the state of Georgia because they broke some laws and they were banned from doing mortgages in the state of Georgia. What laws did they break in Georgia that they could have possibly broken in other states? I'm curious. You know, I don't remember what it, what exactly it was. And they play it off like there were some employees doing some wrong stuff and Kevin Stitt stepped up and did the right thing and took the blame and yada, 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 yada. Okay. But i.e., he fired everybody involved, <laughs> right? Right, you know, there's lots of other stuff that he's done. For example, the governor's mansion is not good enough for him or his family, hmm. and him and his family live in I think it's Gallardia, which here in Oklahoma City is where all of the millionaires live. That's where three quarters of the thunder live. Where is this located at? It is in north, far north Oklahoma City, like up by the Kilpatrick Turnpike. If you don't live in Oklahoma, this is obviously meaningless to you. But yeah, okay. It's ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah. Gallardia is, I think if you get a million dollar home in Gallardia, you're the poorest person in that that neighborhood. And I'm not, I'm not joking. If you can afford to live there, fine. That's great. I just feel that when you're the governor, you should probably live in that mansion called the governor's mansion that's there for the governor to live in. But it's just not up to par for a man that has six children to live in. 
<laughs> I guess the Oklahoma-shaped swimming pool isn't enough for him. Guess there's an Oklahoma-shaped swimming pool. Oh, I'm not bad to eye at that. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Actually, nope. I'm. Actually, I'm. I I approve of that highly. I think all states' governors' mansions' swimming pools should be shaped like their state. To be honest, why not? They should have a state-shaped pool, a state-shaped um, a hedge arrangement, uh, a state-shaped. They should have the. I'm sure it probably does. Uh, um, an image of the state on the marble floor in the wide, big, huge foyer. It should have all of these things. All yeah. these things. The state emblem image everywhere. Right. So they can remember who they're working for. Just so they don't wake up in the middle of the night. Let's say um, our governor, for instance, he doesn't wake up in the middle of the night and say, damn, it's good to live in West Virginia. You know, something like that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. But just yeah, th- this is par for the course for Kevin Stitt. He has been trying to you know, get school that vouchers passed so that and take funding away from normal public education. And, you know, you name, he, he's MAGA. So you name the, you know, the MAGA things. And he tries to implement that here in the state of Oklahoma. The problem is the reason I don't think he's known nationally like DeSantis is because we're technically a poor nothing state. Right. But people in the know do pay attention. To yeah. those states that have rampant GOP influence. So they're kind of they're becoming hard to ignore now because they're they're pretty much passing tips around. We yeah. know you could do this. Oh, really? Oh, you know you could do this. Because you heard what they did to the congressperson up there in Montana. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was actually going to be my first WTF. I, that's what I was going to oh, talk about. Well, okay. was, was that with her? So, yeah. yeah, I saw that and I was just, that's just horrible. But it that would happen here in Oklahoma if, <laughs> if, because 2010, a transgender person ran for the state legislature, they lost. Um, and that was a huge deal. Mm. I was actually surprised that she got as many votes as she did, mm. honestly, at the time. Um, but, and that that is totally something that would happen here. And based on what happened in McCurtain County that we talked about last week, um, <laughs> you know, mm. clearly, clearly we're not too far away from Tennessee either. <laughs> not at all. Not Tennessee. Not Kentucky. Not Montana. Not Texas. Yeah. yeah. Et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, Governor Stitt's big thing is that he wants to make Oklahoma a top ten state in everything. Um, which is a lofty goal considering that in all of the important things, we are a bottom 10 state. For example, in education spending, we're 47th or 48th. I don't think that would be a massive amount of funding for education to boot me in the top 10. However, we are in a top 10 state in all of the not good categories. So he's done his job there. I find it... And it's almost like a weird juxtaposition from what I saw just in the few days that I spent. And then to hear how badly the government runs the state, because clearly in certain areas, 
The place is booming. It's thriving. Things have grown up and grown out. People are doing, I mean, and it's not to say that it's not still going to have its areas. That's probably, that's probably par for the course for any state to have certain cities or certain areas that boom. And then some, oh, don't, yeah. don't. but you know, considering that we spend most of our, our childhood and you, you're still there in that area, you know, Oklahoma City and the surrounding areas to see how much that's grown and boomed and expanded and businesses are thriving and people are living. I see that. I mean, that was thrilling to watch. And then to hear how badly these last few governors have treated yeah. Oklahoma citizens. It's like, what the, y'all are like ungrateful sons of bitches. You're trying to yeah. run this into the ground. Oklahoma City is thriving despite yes. all of the other stuff. And I think some of it has to do, there's a thing here called the MAPS. It was supposed to be a temporary one-cent sales tax, and the original MAPS passed back in, I believe, 1993 or four. And so there was like these eight projects. We're going to raise the money, and everything will be paid for with cash, right? So they raised the money. They did all of the things. And it was really, it did a lot of good stuff. And then they passed MAPS 2. <laughs> and then there was maps for kids, which was well needed because maps for kids did go to the school districts. It was designed for the school districts. A lot of really crappy schools in the Oklahoma City school system were rebuilt or renovated from that money. See, those are the things that need to happen. And then there was maps three and we just passed maps four. Yeah, we're just so gonna, we're just going to keep going. Our temporary sales tax at this point, I believe, is, you know, 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like the Friday the 13th movies. I'm gonna have another part. No, this is it. This is the final one. Oh, look, another one's coming out next fall. Right. <laughs> but it has been good because it has done a lot of things for the city of Oklahoma City that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Like the canal in Bricktown, that was a ma original maps product a uh, project mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that made our downtown area thrive. The fort, well, the arena. Where the yep. thunder play that was a, an initial part of it and just all of this stuff and it did revitalize the core which has led to things spreading out from the core because now the public is investing right and it has done a lot of good stuff now this last time i kind of felt like maybe it's getting a little maybe it's time to get rid of, you know the maps but our new downtown park is really cool and i guess what's, it's going to keep what's going what's that one so. called uh, Scissortail Park. That's what I thought, because that's right there near the memorial. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like it was thrilling to see how alive that place was. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I mean, obviously, you know, quarter century, hopefully you'll see some measure of growth. But that was it felt like it was an explosion. Yeah. Just stepping back into it. And I was glad that there were certain like certain landmarks that I could recognize, even if I couldn't figure out everything around it. I'm like, okay, that's there. So these things have to be around here somewhere. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, so Oklahoma City thrives, I think, in spite of our state legislature. That's a shame. And state government. Like yeah. they're just they're just squandering all all the good Oklahomans. It's ridiculous. But who hates PBS? The people that it's it's out of the playbook. 
If you keep the populace as uneducated as possible, you can feed them shit and keep them in the dark like mushrooms. Boof. That is true. Mushrooms without the hallucinogenics. Yeah, that's not fun. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Has anybody ever tried to make a portobello mushroom steak? That was infused with it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Moving on to your WTF. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so here's a little story that started in Minnesota. Mm. A lady by the name of Geraldine Tyler, 94 years old lived in Hennepin County, which is where Minneapolis is. Okay. She owned, she owned a home. Unfortunately, though, she owed, she owed about $15,000 in property taxes and fees. So the county seized her home for the unpaid taxes, sold it for $40,000, and kept the profits. Of course they did. <laughs> so... She got uh, representation through a, a foundation called the Pacific Legal Foundation. And they went to court with it. They called it, quote, home equity theft. This case has made it to the Supreme Court. Oh. Which is interesting because we know, especially in the last year and change, that the court likes to pick these cases that not so quietly further the conservative thing. So this is an interesting one for them to decide to hear, but it seems like they're leaning toward or in favor of her position. Interesting. That's kind of shocking based upon who's on our Supreme court. They haven't issued a final decision yet, but apparently based on arguments just yesterday, they can conclude that she can seek to revive her claim that such seizures violate the takings clause of the constitution's fifth amendment unlawful seizure, which requires that the government pay compensation when property is taken. And let's, let's just reiterate. She owed $15,000. The County sold her home for 40 and pocketed the rest. Mm -hmm. She got nothing. So she's out of her home. She got nothing from the sale of the home. And they decided that was just fine and dandy. And I don't know that the story of how she got $15,000 backed up in debt really matters. I don't know. And unfortunately, I don't know that the story goes in, or at least the one I'm looking at, goes into specifics about how long it took for these fees to pile up. Or did the county try to work with her to make some kind of arrangement or something? Right. But as we all know, when the government wants some stuff, they'll make up reasons to go get the stuff and then and then blame the person that they took the stuff from. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like when cops bust drug dealers and somehow all the money that was in the trunk stays at the police department. Isn't that something? Yeah. And then they sell your car and they get to keep that. Mm hmm. And they say fundage. Yeah, and they say, you know, that's that shouldn't be an issue because these people were engaging in illegal conduct. Mm-hmm. This lady was not. So apparently, obviously, she's got a case because it's made it this far. Yeah. So 
apparently six states, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Montana, Nebraska, and New Jersey, allow private investors to retain equity in properties once delinquent taxes are paid. Other states will allow the government to pocket the remaining equity in order properties are sold. And this, um, apparently, her home was a one-bedroom condominium, and she bought it back in 1999. Uh, here we go. Here's more detail. It was only after she had moved into a home for seniors that she fell behind on taxes, and that started back in 2011. Uh-huh. 2015, the county seized the property. And she owed just over $2,300 as well as $13,000 in related fees. Oh, so it was the fees that did it. It wasn't even really the 15 k It was $2,500. That's like student loans. A year later, the county sold it for forty dollars keeping the $25,000 profit. So this, that's what happened. Um, let's see. Initially, when she took it to court, the... You, the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected a claim last February and says that under Minnesota law, quote, it provides ample opportunity for property owners to protect their interests before properties are seized. Owners have three years to pay the taxes and have an opportunity to repurchase the seized properties. And in effect, she and her legal representation are arguing that the Fifth Amendment required the state to serve as her real estate agent, sell the property on her behalf and write a check for the difference between the tax debt and the fair market value. So this will be an interesting one to see how, what kind of opinion the court offers up on that, which as it mentions in the article, they're leaning towards her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this will be, this will be interesting. I don't know. And I'm sure obviously other cases have been hard argued. Um, under the Fifth Amendment before, but this would be an interest one, interesting one to see. I don't, I haven't heard of one coming up in the the public public news stratosphere ever, really. Right. So yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's not a shocker WTF, but it's a it's an interesting one. Yeah. It almost feels like the court knows. It's been pissing in the faces of the American citizens for a while, and they want to make it look like they still care about, you know, people. I don't know. That's that's my perception. I just. Yeah, I don't think it's unfair to have a harsh opinion of how they've been acting. And I'd hate to think they took this case on to prove to people that we do care. Yeah. Mm. Well, there are two justices that need to be impeached. I mean, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> one of them is your favorite justice of all time, Neil Gorchitz. Yes. And my favorite justice of all time, Clarence Thomas. Little Clary. Little Clary. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's a yeah, mind blower how there just doesn't seem to be a solid uh, checks and balances system for them. Right. They. they- they can do whatever they want. And people can say, well, the, Const- the Constitution clearly states that the Supreme Court is actually governed by the legislature in terms of what they can and can't do. You know, numbers, all of that stuff. We know this because we read the Constitution recently. <laughs> but So, but yeah, even though it says in there, this is supposed to happen. 
does that really ever happen? Seriously. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they rule on this case, it, whether yeah. and not that I've ever or will ever sit down and read an entire Supreme Court decision. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, unless you're having some insomnia issues, then you might. Or unless I get a hold of one of those portobello mushroom steaks one night. Exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden I feel ambitious. <gasps> I know. Let me go read a Supreme Court decision. Um, probably eat my own head first before I do that. Anyway, that's what I have for my WTF. That's what I have. It's, there's definitely some, the what part of the WTF is definitely well represented in that. Yes. Like, hmm. Okay. We we shall see. We shall see, Court. We shall see. So, I think that I'm going to keep this little train moving on to the next station. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. We can uh, stop and we'll just be right back here in a moment. In two and two. <laughs> oh, wow. That is that is old school right there. You're welcome. Wow. Yeah. Two and two, folks. Two and two. And we're back. Hurrah. <laughs> Yay. Which, with nothing going on at all, Mm-mm. we decided to do some current affairs, and it, we really had to search to find anything that would kind of fit current affairs that we might want to converse about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, where would you like to start? Well, you know, you already know Um, the work week for a lot of people. Monday started off with a couple of banks. My favorite one came first. Friend of the podcast, Tucker Carlson. And you know what? Let me pause real quick before I go further, because I need y'all to know something that I just found out and I found it hilarious. And completely ridiculous. His full name is Tucker Swanson McNear Carlson. Yeah. You know what the Swanson part is, right? Yes. Swanson TV dinners. He's a trust yes. fund babby. Yeah. I said, what is McNear? Is that is that the old Irish? Perhaps. Yeah, Ireland doesn't want to claim him. I'm not knocking the Irish. The, not, neither does neither does Scotland. None of them. None of them. But I had to, I had to mention that because if I ever knew it, I, I completely forgot it, and for good reason. But yes, that is that little burnt French fries full uh, parent given name. So. Yeah, yeah. And he was silent until uh, I believe it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that was only a couple of days, but mm-hmm. where does the first place he go? The Charlie Kirk show. If Indeed. you don't know who Charlie Kirk is, look that psychopath up. <laughs> uh, we don't. That would be we could start on that dude. And I think we would finish at the end of May because he would definitely be a four parter. Um, good old. Charlie Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the thing that's 
just amazing was it wasn't his knowing the twenty all the stuff he was talking about with the 2020 election was a lie. Mm-hmm. Treating employees that worked for his show like shit, that wasn't an issue. Mm-mm. You know, spreading QAnon conspiracy theories and the great replacement theory and yada 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 yada. All the all the uh, chunky sprinkles of misogyny here and there. Yada yada yada. Apparently, it was two weeks ago when he was having a dinner with Rupert and his newly accepted fiance. They were having a dinner, and apparently, he was telling her that he believes he's the Messiah, and she believed it. And apparently, her fondness for Tucky C was a little too much for Rupert, and he broke it off with her first, and then they fired O. Rupert. So, or uh, Tucker, I mean, all the other crap had nothing to do. Nope, nope. He was fine with all of that because it was, you know, he was making the money, all of that stuff. So he was fine with all of that bullshit. But I think my fiance might like you just a little too much, and we can't have that. You got to go. First of all, you know. First of all, if she believed any of that, because I'm I'm here to tell you as a as a woman, we will entertain men's foolishness that they you know uh, hyperbole grandiose notions about themselves because that's what we do, not because we're trying to manipulate anybody or be mean because sometimes we really do just find it entertaining and we just really don't take it seriously. That may have been a case of that, even though he's got more money than. Methuselah. He is also as old as Methuselah. He may have been a little intimidated by watching his fresh fiance entertain this dude. Probably nothing more than that. But I'm am I going it's kind of weird to make such a huge impactful decision about your news station based on the fact that you were jealous. Right? Because it costing him Almost $800 million didn't piss him off enough to fire him. (sighs) It was the other thing. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Whatever the reason is that he's off the air, I'm happy for. Oh, I'm fine with it. I'm fine. (laughs) It's just the other parts. And it's just like, uh, I'm glad you're gone, but maybe you could have done that sooner. And apparently, you know, they've just now brought to light all these texts (laughs) that he was saying some really wild stuff in and that's saying a lot that that stuff was really wild considering what he said out loud on air for all these years what was ever was in these texts was really outrageous yeah and this is a man that had a special that literally said one of the things that are making the modern man weak is because we don't suntan our buttholes that didn't get him fired right I, I, I feel it. That whole business about him getting fired because Rupert was jealous is—it's almost unbelievable. But I'll take it. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take anything. But like, could that have been just literally like the straw? Could it have been everything else? And finally, he's like, "This son of a bitch trying to steal my gal." After everything he's already put us through, he's doing this too. Could it be in addition to? I'm just, 
I feel like that's like the most flimsiest excuse in the world. Yeah. You're literally killing your goose. Yeah. Golden eggs for you for years. And you just kicked him to the curb because you were jealous. I mean, you that as it may. (laughs) I guess he also kicked her to the curb, too, for what it's worth. So, yes. And that's probably behind that same thing. He was an equal opportunity curb kicker. Clearly. I wonder what she's doing now. Hmm. Not a 90 year old man. Oh, God damn it. I went there. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like you said, he's finally, you know, 48 hours. He couldn't sit still any longer. You know, you can only suntan your anal sphincter, but so long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, this now makes um, Tucker Carlson unique. Mm. He is the only person that is in sort of that news media world that has been fired by MSNBC, <laughs> CNN, and Fox. It's remarkable that he is literally the only guy that that the only sort of germ. You know what I mean? That journalist world. He was not a real journalist, but you know what I mean. Mm. The only person that has done that. Yeah. Just cool for him. Maybe they could put him in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. Someone cracked a joke, and there were plenty of jokes on Monday, um, that he, um, Hannity, um, another fellow that we're going to talk about here in a minute, and there was somebody else, the four of them can make up the male version of the viewer, some crazy shit. I was like, and you know it would get ratings shooting through the roof. <laughs> right? <laughs> Because if they love Megan Megan McCain as much as they did on the View, these these four guys. Because I remember, I remember, I actually used to watch Carlson back in the day when he wasn't as insane, insane, or as big of an asshole, or so rapidly conservative as he was now. He was more moderate, if you can believe it. Yeah, when he was on MSNBC, he was he wasn't as liberal as they were there, but he was definitely. Yeah, he's yeah, more, more moderate. moderate. Yeah. And the same thing on CNN. Yeah. And then, you know, something bit him and got a hold of him somewhere out in the woods and gave him the Lyme disease of MAGA propaganda. And here he comes like the world is ending and we're going extinct and we have to stop it now or whatever he was saying. I don't know. Yeah. MAGA struck and common sense went away. But I will say my favorite thing of all time was where people put the green M&M and they photoshopped it over uh, <laughs> what's her face Tyrell from Game of Thrones and said, tell Tucker it was me. <laughs> I want him to know. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what. And, I, I'm, and I'm not going to try to spend too much time on it because we did spend a couple of minutes on this last week. But when you talk about Perfect lines and perfect scenes from television shows. That's up there. That, yeah. that scene is up there because her, her face and the smirk on her face and she's just smiling so sweetly up at stupid, stupid, stupid Jamie Lannister. Tell Cersei it was me. <laughs> He's like shot like, <gasps> like you motherfucker. You, you really had no idea. You as dumb as you look, man. Damn. <laughs> right. But yeah, they picked a good one. 
Yeah. A good yeah. Thing to mock him with. I appreciate that. I did too. So the question is, do we want to move on to the other media personality that is in the unemployment line this week? We do. We do. That would be um, CNN's Don Lemon. Um, and I was a fan of his for a long time. I pretty much stopped watching all of those other news anyway a long time ago, but I was a fan of his. And I'm going to tell you what up front. First of all, before we do that, let's let's just parse out the particulars. He said he was stunned that he had no idea they were getting ready to can him, which is interesting because, and I'm not, this is not a victim blaming. I don't know if you can even call it that, but it, I think most people, when they get fired, I think they know it's coming. Maybe not fired, but something's coming. Some kind of action is coming because you know you're not doing your job like you're supposed to. Something's coming. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, you've had a meeting or two with HR. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I was, I read a thing that was on an article on MSNBC about the thing. And I'm sort of, I don't know. Because I have a feeling that most people, if you make it to that level of news media, I don't, I don't care which one, you know, Fox, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, CNN, any of those. One, you got to be pretty good at what you do. Mm-hmm. But two, you do have to have an ego. Mm-hmm. And you probably have treated people like shit at some point to some varying, de- varying eh, various degree. Mm-hmm. And is there truth to the, he's had complaints on him for the last 15 years? I don't know. Yeah. Do I think that getting fired because he called Nikki Haley over the hill at 51, is that a fireable offense? No, not by itself. I don't think so. And but there's so, other stuff. But it's the other stuff, and I kind of wonder what the other stuff would be. But to be fair, CNN is a little faster to fire people when something happens than some of the other media organizations. Because when uh, the stuff with Cuomo came out, he was fired immediately. 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 His his anchor chair hadn't stopped spinning by the time they made right. that statement. <laughs> right? Um, oh yeah. So I don't know on Don on the Don Lemon thing. I, I'm not sure. I just don't feel like I know enough. And because I don't despise him like Tucker Carlson, I wasn't necessarily happy about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wasn't. It was a little mystifying. But of course, you know, over the years, especially the last five, six years or so, I have heard things that he's done that have been, I mean, I don't know if you would call them unprofessional, maybe like his, the whole business about the new year's Eve. Right. When he got, when he was hammered. Right. I don't, I don't know, but here's what I do know. Mr. Lemon forgot that no matter how much folks loved him, no matter how good the ratings were for the show that he was on, he could not do the same things that a straight white man can do. Right. 
I think he forgot. I feel bad that he forgot. And apparently he forgot for a long time. He really did. And somewhere in the back offices or the top floors or where, wherever they hold the power there in the CNN headquarters, I said, mm-hmm. it's okay. Just, it's okay. Just let it. Okay. It just, and then things get happening. It's the same. It's the same story. Someone does something mildly offensive. No one really says anything. So they do something else the next time, or they just do pretty much what they want to offensive or not. And because right. they don't get reprimanded for it, they think it's fine and they keep going. Right. Until, and, you know, you're being blatant, blatantly misogynistic on the air. Thanks. Right. And obviously, to be fair, who knows? Maybe he was told eight months ago or when they took him off Don Lemon tonight and put him on the morning show. One more mm-hmm. thing and you're we're going to have to let you go. I right. don't I don't know. And hopefully he'll learn a lesson and land on his feet somewhere else. Maybe. In the meantime, here's a funny thing. Both him and Tucky C have retained the same attorney. Oh, wow. Yes. Apparently, Interesting. This, this guy named Brian Friedman has a track record of getting big dollar settlements for TV personalities. So I wonder be- if that guy's the same guy that Cuomo's using. Let's see. Oh, let's see. He's actually... He's represented other celebrities like Quentin Tarantino, Julia Roberts, and Seth Rogen. Mm. Yes, Chris Cuomo and Megyn Kelly. Well, there you go. He's in there, up to his neck. So I think this is going to turn out well for both of these gentlemen. Probably. I don't don't care that if it turns out well for Carlson. It's not like right. It's not like he's going to go live in a cardboard box. So let's just yeah. He's a trust fund baby. He'll be fine. Yes. I actually never really watched the Don Lemon show unless he had someone on that I was interested in seeing who it was. And I never really watched the Chris Cuomo show, but I did enjoy that last five minutes of Cuomo show and the first five minutes of Don Lemon show where they had their banter back and forth with each other. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoyed their banter back and forth because you could tell that they really seemed to be friends, mm-hmm. that it wasn't like an on-air thing. Right. And so I did enjoy watching their, you know, their banter. And if it was, you know, I flip it through or whatever, and it was on, I I would watch it just because I enjoyed that. But yeah, I'm still sort of like you say he forgot that cardinal rule. Of- uh, I I could be wrong, but I wasn't the first to think of this yeah. since Monday because I've seen it mentioned in. in Slightly varying forms, but it's been in mentioned in other places. Oops. Mm-hmm. You're only going to be able to go. But so far, I hate it for him. But then again, you knew it was a snake when you picked it up. Right. So there's that. Best of luck to Mr. Lemon. <laughs> I'll end with that. <laughs> Good. Yep. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, what else do we got going on? Oh, I guess uh, Mr. Joseph Robinette mm-hmm. Biden mm-hmm. has announced that he's going to run for re-election. Indeed. Um, people keep saying that it's going to be, you know, Trump versus Biden part two, the revenge. But I, I'm not so sure about the Trump side of things. There's still a little bit to go. He may end up having to drop out. 
yeah, he may he may be otherwise engaged. Yeah, that whole uh, that whole wire fraud thing is actually a lot bigger than people realize, and that's one of the things Jack Smith is investigating mm-hmm. because uh, listeners. <laughs> If you send out mass emails to everybody claiming that the money they donate to you is going to go to, say, a legal defense fund, and then it, in fact, does not go to a legal defense fund because said legal defense fund does not even exist, and it just goes into your normal bank account, that is called wire fraud. Mm. And I know a lot of MAGA people think that, you know, Donald Trump is playing 3D chess and the rest of us are playing shoots and ladders. He is not as smart as he thinks he is because the man literally admits to every damn crime that he's committed. He's been telling us for years. Yes, I do this. Yeah. And if there's no actual, if no account actually exists, that's for a legal defense fund. And you're claiming that that's what the money's going to. And it doesn't. That is called a crime. But once again, that's not really what happened, according to his his rabbit foaming at the mouth supporters. Right. It's a witch hunt by a bunch of Trump haters. Sure. 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 As usual. Per usual. Yeah. But I do think, and I think as more of this crap goes on, people are honestly going to tire of Trump. I do think Biden is probably age wise up there a bit, but he's had a pretty darn good record. He has gotten a lot of legislation passed. The people have been talking about doing for like 15 years and Biden got it done and he got it done in really a difficult environment to do it in. That's what drives me nuts about. And I hate that I spend so much time in the dusty underbrush of social media comments, but that's what I hate seeing mentioned when people bring up Biden that he's old and he ain't done shit. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? You really aren't paying attention, are you? You yeah. just want to flap your lips somewhere. And they're like, I'd, I'd, I'd rather vote for Trump. No, the fuck you don't. You do right. not want to vote for that. Stop that. Yeah. Um, I actually think the reason Biden was able to get all of this stuff passed is because of his age and the years he spent in Washington. Basically, because everybody wants to go on, you know, when he when he was first running, people were trying to drag him saying he spent all this time. In government and hadn't got shit done. Oh, okay. You can believe that if you want to. And yes, he's made his missteps. Everybody acknowledged that thoroughly. Yeah. He's, he's acknowledged that. And he's grown and moved on, you know, as human beings tend to do. Right. Yeah. So he, he knew his his statements about, you know, super predators and his backing of the, the, the crime bill issues. But he knew that was misguided. He's rectified some things. He's learned. Yeah, he's he's come out and said, you know, when we passed this bill back then, at the time, it seemed like it was a good thing. But with reflection, I realize it's not. Hello? Human being? Yeah. And on his infrastructure bill, there's a bridge. I want to say, don't quote me on this. I believe it's, it's either in Pittsburgh or Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. One of those two. The first president that went and stood and gave a speech in front of it saying that we need to fix this bridge, I believe, was Clinton. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. George W. Bush made a speech. This bridge needs to be fixed. Barack Obama, same bridge. This bridge needs to be fixed. Donald Trump, 
also stood in front of that same bridge. It needs to be fixed. We need to fix this bridge. Well, think about the time, the distance, even if it wasn't Clinton, if the first was George W. Bush, between Bush and Trump was like 14 or 15 years in between when they made that speech, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, well, guess guess who? which president is the one that finally got the funding to replace and fix that bridge? Hello? Biden did. <laughs> so I, I, I really need people to stop playing the whisper game and just passing on shit that they heard from the next person. Yeah. As though it's gospel. Research, research, research. Find out what he's actually done as president. Not when he was a senator. Not when he was vying. Right now. Everything, Everything he's done in all those years up to now has contributed to how he's been able to approach and handle this shit along with his administration. Yeah. I need people to give that man credit where credit is due. He's not flashy. He's not overly charismatic. He's straightforward. He's like one of them salt of the earth types. He's he's straightforward. And he, he is your Uncle Joey. But he's getting shit done. Yeah. And isn't that what we want? When your fixed income grandmother or grandfather gets to pay $34 a month for insulin, whereas before it was like $500, Biden got that through. How about that? But he ain't doing shit. Yeah. And I do like that as part of their fundraising, they are now actually selling the dark Brandon meme image Mm -hmm. of Joe Biden as part of the 2024 election. And I do appreciate that. Indeed. Indeed. Good old dark Brandon. I mean, you can have concerns about his age. Eh. Let's just say 80 now, 80 something now is not what 80 looked like. 50 years ago. Yeah. 80 is the new 65. Ish. He still he still gets things that I mean everything everything that he does which is oh I don't know part of the human experiencing tripping or maybe studying across or something everybody takes that shit and runs with it saying he's incompetent and damn near senile. Are you fucking kidding? Have you seen the guy that occupied the White House last? He, right. It's shocking that that guy has not had at least one heart attack. I know. And he's I know. Only, he's only a few years younger than Biden. Yeah. And everybody thinks it, to this day, people still want to pop up. Oh, I, w- I, w- I would vote for him instead. Why? Did you not learn the last time and all the shit that he's been saying since? Why would you still vote for that dude? You know, when like Biden fell off the bike, everyone was like, he can't even stay on a bike. And I'm like, the dude is 80 years old and he's riding a bike. He fell off and then he got back up. Most 80 year olds, maybe not most, but you know what I mean? That's a broken hip. Yes. And he got back up. I mean, yeah, they came and helped him, but he's 80 years old. Most 80 years old people aren't riding bikes. And if they fall off a bike, they're bound to like kick the shit out of the bike, fuck this bike, and just walk home and just leave the bike. In the right. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of oxygenarians. I apologize. Um, but yeah, let's not let's not discount him because of chronological age. Look at what he's actually doing. Come yeah. on, I just you know, and I I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's not like I'm a huge a Biden stand or anything remotely like that. I've always liked him. 
but when he, you know, announced he was running, I was, I was lukewarm on him. And it took me a while to get to where I am now that I appreciate him being slow and steady. So, yeah, I feel like he was the grandpa America needed. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yes. He brings, you know, he comes to visit the grandkids. He brings the $10 folded up eight times. <laughs> and he slides you know? it quietly to him under the table at dinner. Go buy you know, yourself something nice. That's him. Pulls the quarter out of your ear and he's like, yes. there you go. Get you something nice with that. And you're like, I don't really think I can, but thanks. He falls asleep in the recliner after dinner during the game. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because when he when he needs when he needs to get called to action, when the signal goes up, he needs to go into action. He gets shit done. There it is. So I'm behind him. I'm behind him. Matter of fact, I'm considering right now because I got my my regular text from the Democratic Party and Joe and, and Joe and them. Because that's mm. how I have it listening to my phone, Joe and them. Um buy your yard sign now. I'm like, I just might be the first yard sign I've ever bought. I'm gonna buy one. Stick it right in front of me. Yeah. I'm I'm actually considering buying the official dark Brandon shirt. Does mm-hmm. that how I, I feel about it? Am I going to actually follow through with that? I have no idea, but I'm considering it. (laughs) I'm saying, why not? If not now, who? If not us, when? Um, Yeah, my closet has probably a good 30 T-shirts in it. uh, Do I really need to add another one? Yes. I may need to get rid of some. I mean, that's need to hear no there on a side note there is a company that will take your old t-shirts and make quilts out of them cool yeah so there's that there's a thing yeah. to consider but yeah do you need another t-shirt man do you want one why not yeah well on this uh this is something that will kenyetta and i will be announcing probably in a couple months a side thing that we're doing that is a pretty important thing. We're going to have a fundraising garage sale, it looks like. So I might thin out some of my t-shirts and have some room for Dark Brandon. There you go. There you go. So yeah, that is I think we I think we both concur about how we feel about um, Uncle Joey running again. I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. And we are kind of coming up here on time mm. and I really think that we probably should mention the fact even though this is not cheerful news but really none of it has been today and that Mm. would be the passing of one mr harry belafonte indeed and and you know what great minds because i was yeah i was gonna get there and i was gonna be the next yeah i will let you uh obviously i know who he is (laughs) you know more than i do so I feel if I tried to summarize his career or whatever, that it would be very poorly executed and done. <laughs> so I will let you <laughs> talk about, uh, you know, Harry, who is obviously an amazing creator. Mm-hmm. Most you know, definitely. Multi-talented. Well, generally creators are, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will let you sort of give our quick rundown so that, some justice is done to the man and there we go. I will do my best. And actually 
who can say it better than me would be the, the good folks over at the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture, who did a wonderful post about him the other day. <clears throat> they, they probably could word that fairly well. Yes, they did. Great sadness that we mourn the passing of actor, singer, producer, civil rights activist, and humanitarian Harry Belafonte Jr. in a career that spanned more than seven decades. Affectionately known as the King of Calypso, and probably the song most people know him best for is the uh, Banana Boat song. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They like come me one go. Okay. Um, he was born <laughs> in Harlem, New York to Caribbean parents. His first film role was in Bright Row, which debuted in 1953, in which he co-starred along another fantastically gifted and gone too soon uh, black actress, Dorothy Dandridge. Mm-hmm. The two of them okay. started again together in Otto Preminger's hit musical Carmen Jones in 1954, which is based off of the opera. During the 70s, uh, Belafonte appeared in more films, including two with Sidney Poitier. Uh, I mean, he also rests in peace. Buck and the Preacher. And we actually mentioned that that movie back when we did our Black Exploitation episode. Right. That movie came out in 1972 and Uptown Saturday Night, which is another one we mentioned, which made his debut in 1974. Um, additional films through the 80s and 90s included Beach Street. If you know about Beach Street, you know about Beach Street. That's right. Uh, White Man's Burden, Kansas City, and several more. His his breakthrough album, yes, he was a singer, as we just mentioned, was called Calypso from 1957. And it helped introduce American audiences to Calypso music. It became the first album in history to sell over 1 million copies within a year of release. Wow. He was the first Black American man to receive an Emmy Award, with his first solo TV special tonight with Belafonte and being a civil rights activist, he focused on the important issues of racism, poverty, and oppression, not just amongst the black American community, but all around the world. He was one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s most trusted confidants and was part of the organizational team behind the March on Washington, as well as helping plan Dr. King's memorial after his assassination in 1968. He served as the facilitator of Dr. King's estate and managed the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Fund. And his voluminous career-spanning archives papers were placed in the care of the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture in New York City in 2020. Cool. So, rest in peace, sir. Was he not also one of the sort of creatives that was behind We Are the World? I don't know. He may have been. Why? I think so much. I think he, and I like more than just like a producer of it. I want to say he was, he was part of that sort of brain trust that came up with that. Um, Don't quote me on that though. I know that um, you're looking it up at the moment. (laughs) So we will know shortly if that is the case, but you are actually on that um let's see yes he was part of organizing uh let's see the producers and was part of the backup course so he did help organize the music producers that helped um 
gathered up the musical talent. So yes, he was involved in that. You're correct. All right. <laughs> and I'm just now finding out there's a documentary that came out, you know, when that happened back in 1985. <laughs> 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 but yes, you are correct. He was, he was, he had his hands in a lot of things. He stayed busy and involved. So he did. He did. He has left a, an amazing legacy in so many, in so many areas, and he will be missed. Yeah. Absolutely. I should also point out another great loss in a completely different aspect. Former talk show host, ah. former mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio, Jerry Springer. Yeah. Yeah. Saw that today. It was a little, I mean, I guess I wasn't shocked or whatever, but I was, you know, like, well, we've lost another. I don't. He's icon. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know you want to give the word icon to someone that's done particularly noble things. But. But he, he helped. He literally helped usher in the trash talk show era. Yeah. I mean, he took what Geraldo Rivera did and just made it even better. There are paternity test companies out there that they should just rename their test the Jerry Springer test because he kept them in business. He did. And what I always found ridiculous about him was no matter what was happening, either on the stage or somewhere out in the audience, he'd always just stand in with his own microphone and his own cars and just have the calmest, most serene look on his face. Like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. He says, so, so a fist fight's breaking out between six women and three men. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the thing I was talking about today was um, he should have been removed as being the mayor, not not because he paid for a sex worker while he was the mayor. I have no issue with that. You know what? Fine, do it. it whatever. That's not the part that I cared about. To me, it's if you're so stupid to pay a sex worker with a personal check, Maybe you shouldn't be making decisions for other people. That's I mean, just me. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, there's there's room for personal improvement there. Yeah. So. You know, that was a different time when you could write a sex worker a check. I have two words. Marion Barry. Anyway, believe it True. or not, believe it or not, Jerry Springer's show did start out relatively legit in 91. Yeah. In three years, though, he's like, mm. Fellas, when you're kicking up a notch. And that that was when Jerry Springer, as we knew it up until the end, was. Yeah. I, worked with, I worked with a young lady that went on an episode of Jerry Springer. She got oh, a fight. She wow. got a fight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was it, did they, was it like, hey, we want you to get in a fight beforehand? Do you know any of the details on that? Yes, because she told us directly, like the week after she came back from taping. She told like a gang of us in confidence. Of course, we all leaned in like, hmm. Um, Jerry Springer and other, uh, I think other talk shows at the time would, would have the same tactic. They'd get in touch with somebody, a potential guest, and tell them one thing. And the guest would get on the show and be something else. Right, right. So I'm, they called her, mm -hmm. said she was dating a, a woman at the time. They called her and said, your girlfriend needs, needs to tell you something important. And she wants to tell you on the show. Do you want to come on the show so she can tell you? She said, oh, yeah, sure. As though none of us had ever seen Jerry Springer before, okay? Right. I, I want to say this was somewhere in 90, 
98, somewhere 97, 98, that time frame, I think. Of course, we knew how Jerry Springer worked. Come on. So she's like, yeah, I'll go on. So they bring her on. Turns out the girlfriend wants to tell her that she's been cheating on her for like the last six months with her cousin or some straight shit. <laughs> so naturally, of course, she gets up. You know, everybody used to get up. They, like they had to actually physically right. get up to be able to scream at someone properly. I guess that was right. So she gets up and she's screaming at the girlfriend. Oh, please don't. I'm so sorry. That was the whole show was people confessing to their partners that they've been cheating on. So they get to the end of the show and they've got all the guests on the stage. And that's when Jerry goes on the audience and says, questions, questions. Somebody stands up and says something crazy to the young lady. She had a hair trigger temper. She was, she was a small built young lady, skinny little thing. She, she wanted to get buck and come. She, she was seated on the back row in the high chairs. You know how they had yeah. high level chairs. She right. was in the back of one of the high chairs. She came off that chair pushed the chairs aside in front of her, came off across the stage, down the steps, and threw herself at the audience member that said some disrespectful stuff and got her whole shirt torn off of her trouble. Good God almighty. We were horrible people then. We laughed so hard. I don't. We laughed so hard. We all, because the episode came out like some weeks right. later. Yeah. And I, everybody I don't think saw that's it. horrible. We all saw it. And we saw each other at work the next day. We were like... <laughs> Right? Are you still friends with this person? I don't. I haven't seen her in has been at least twenty some years. I don't know what happened to her. You need to find her because we need her on as a guest. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything that she want to relive. Well, who knows? Who knows? But, you know, maybe now she can. You know, now that he's passed on, she can relive that for podcast. Maybe, but that was just that was hands down one of the wildest things I had ever seen. Like someone I actually knew ended up on Jerry Springer. So, yeah, but um, that was his legacy. It was, it may not have been the most tasteful thing, but it was his. So you got to give him credit. Yeah, that's true. I'm not, I'm not going to say something about our friends, but your friend was on Springer. My friend was on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I have I have I have nothing to say about that because you're you're line stepping now. Anyway, <laughs> one more brief mention, and I I guess we'll close out. Um, one more passing this week, same same uh same day today as Mr. Springer. That would be Caroline Bryant. And if you're not familiar with the name off the top, this was the woman who back in 1955 in a little town called Money, Mississippi accused 14 year old Emmett Till of trying to. Yes. Yeah. And she held that lie for many, many, many decades. All I'm going to say is this. Somebody is going to miss her. That's all I got. That's what I got. Yeah. I'm I'm agreeing. And waiting in the underbrush of social media comments, because that's apparently something I love to do. As much as bad as I talk about it, I'm there like all the time. This fabulous person on the uh, ABC News's Instagram page left a comment. Quote, if all energy is constant and just changes form, I hope she gets a concrete casket 
so she doesn't leash out and poison the land she's buried in. That was beautiful. There's a certain amount of poetry to that, but my God, yeah. It's lyrical. Beautiful. I don't know. I have no idea who that anonymous Instagrammer was, but shout out to her. No kidding. That, yeah. was the, that was the majority sentiment of, of the comments on the ABC News. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we've talked about Emmett Till on this uh, podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, wow. that That's quite poetic, and I'm glad that it was said. So, I just the only reason I'm sad is that she got to live her life and he did not. Right. Having said that listening friends we hope you we have brought you up to speed in a satisfactory manner of the most current things happening because this week was a virtual cornucopia of things are happening yeah and i i think we're in for another exciting week of things happening Mm, it just never stops i know (laughs) so uh before we wrap up um what would you what would you like to remind our listening friends of Jack? Well, if you would like to support us, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com backslash hyperfocus pods. We love doing this, but we do have some expenses. And it would be lovely if you would like to support us with said expenses. And also feel free to do a Search for Kenyatta and Jack on various social medias and you will find us. We try to keep you guys updated and send out lovely little things throughout the week. Indeed. And to send us home, I would like to close, if I may, with uh, an iconic line from Mr. Springer's show, the way he used to close his. Till next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Oh!